is it Monday only? Wow, you can tell by the rain and how horrible the traffic is. Apparently a dump truck. I was just listening to Rich Jones. Dump truck on 95 southbound overturned. I always, always baffles me how they managed to do that. You would think that thing is super heavy. Not only is it a dump truck, but it's full. And there's all sorts of metal and stuff. They close it all down. It's ridiculous. Tim Tompkins is uh, is uh, is on top of it. Uh, he's loving, he loves life when this happens because it's like, you know, well, it's a horrible situation, so he doesn't love that. But then it's also, you know, it's like his Super Bowl, which, speaking of which, is this Sunday for the rest of us. For a lot of us, the Super Bowl is tomorrow night when Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, delivers his very first State of the Union address. And it comes off of some big wins. I was just on the phone uh, with my good friend Herman Cain, who's in D.C., who is going to the State of the Union address. And uh, I'll tell you all about that here in just a minute. But first, let's talk about something local. Corinne Brown is heading to jail today. And uh, Stephanie Brown is back in the studio because she's the only one that, you know, well, she knows more about it than I do. Uh, Stephanie, first of all, thanks for being here. No problem. Is she there now or is she heading there or what's the way she in route where she's not on MLK? Is she because it's going to take her like three hours to get to jail? No. So according to um, reporting from sources for our partner Action News Jack, she's actually expected to serve her time in Sumterville, which is in kind of south central Florida. So mm-hmm. a couple hours away from here. Um, and she has to report to prison with in the next hour by noon. By so, noon, she's got to be there. Right. So I'm pretty sure she's not tied up over in MLK because I, she would definitely be late. And I mean, it's a court order that she report to prison by noon today. What happens if she's late? Does she get like another two years tacked on or something? How does it work? You know, it's not something that I could definitively say at this point, except that, again, it is a court order that requires yeah. her to be there by noon. So I do imagine that any violation of that is something that could ultimately have consequences. All right. And her sentence as it stands is how long? Five years. Five years. But what, like, realistically, how long is she going to serve? You know, obviously, people are going to want to speculate one way or another. The federal court system is, you know, it's difficult to tell because there's a lot that's at the judge's discretion. Um, For example, her sentence, while there were sentencing guidelines that kind of indicated how uh, long she should serve based Mm -hmm. on the crimes that she committed, Ultimately, it was the call of the judge to decide what that sentence should be. And he pulled no punches in the sentencing hearing, uh, kind of siding with prosecutors and saying that he believed this was a clear case of abuse of power and corruption and that she needed to serve time. You know, if we flash back to when this all started, a lot of people told me from square one, there's no way she's ever set stepping foot in prison. I remember that, There's yeah. no way she's getting sentenced to any time. She'll get like a bracelet and she'll have to sit at home for a couple of years. Right, or something and that's like that. what she was hoping for. That's what yeah. she and all of her co-defendants were hoping for, was to avoid prison outright. But instead, one of those co-defendants, her former chief of staff, who was also involved in this right. fraud scheme, he's already in prison. Yeah, he had to go And early. the third person involved also is due to surrender by noon today at a different facility. So they're all getting ready to serve some time. Now, is Sumterville one of these Martha Stewart-like prisons? Is it like all posh or is it basic? I mean, is it hardcore? What do we know about so it? So I've been reading through the inmate handbook. There's actually <laughs> a, like, dozens We should point out that's not yours. You found it somewhere else, right? <laughs> I did find it online through the Bureau of Prisons website. Okay. So the Sumterville complex actually has several institutions, including some high-security penitentiaries. Oh, wow. But where she is going to be is actually there's a medium-security correctional institution right. that has a minimum-security satellite camp. So Brown is spending her time at the satellite camper. Again, this is what we're expecting. Uh, the Bureau of Prisons will be confirming that for us today. All right. Um, and in this minimum security satellite camp, I mean, she has 
uh, you know, commissary. There's TV rooms. You can use the radio. There are sporting, uh, you know, some organized sports and recreation. Um, you are required to have a job. She will get a work assignment um, as part Wait, of serving what? She's her time. required to have a job? She is um, every inmate there. And there's about 400 at the satellite. This will camp. be a first for her. <laughs> What 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 kind of job do we think she's gonna get her? What what are the opportunities for a job? Is um, it like cleaning laundry and stuff? Making it doesn't go plates? into too many details, but yeah. yeah, it does say there are work assignments to support prison operations. Wow. So maybe you know some clerks, maybe some laundry. Fundraising. Cleaning. She should be put in charge of fundraising. She's good at that. I mean, that's you know kind of how many would argue we landed here. Well, yeah, but I mean, you go with your strengths. All right, so that's exciting. So we so she's not she's got forty five minutes. Sorry, forty eight minutes now. I mean, if you were looking at a five-year prison sentence, you'd probably be in, you know, taking time with every last minute. We do know, I mean, she spent time yesterday at her church going to service. You know, people were praying for her there. Um, So it's no surprise that we haven't gotten official confirmation yet. Um, We do have a reporter that's actually outside of the prison in Sumterville hoping to see something. Who's that? Uh, Jenna Bourne with our partner Action News Jacks. She is down there and she's doing frequent updates throughout the day on Action News Jacks. And then we are working our Bureau of Prison contacts as well to get that official confirmation. So as soon as we do have confirmation that she has surrendered and that the five-year sentence is officially beginning, we'll be sure to bring it right here. All right, Stephanie Brown, uh, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate all that information. That's great stuff. Man, I'll tell you right, if it was a five-year prison sentence, I'd be sitting in the car, I'd be listening to the radio, I'd be like, all right, 11.59, 11.59, I'll go in. One last selfie, and then uh, and then that's you know like hey see you guys in five years but uh, we will uh, we will keep we will keep you updated. Corinne Brown, if you're listening, that you have access to a radio in there apparently according to the to the handbook. So definitely uh, you know listen um, you know because we'll be we'll keep updating you on your sentence and how things are going. Hey, also speaking of updates, so uh, so my good friend Herman Cain, I uh, just got off the phone with him and we're planning the week because first of all he got invited. He's special guest of uh, of a member of Congress to the State of the Union, which means. He will be inside the U.S. Capitol building. He'll be in the gallery. He'll be sitting there amongst all the bigwigs. And he'll be watching Donald Trump's first presidential State of the Union address. Totally jealous, by the way. Totally jealous. Very excited for Herman. And, of course, uh, while he's there, he's doing some other amazing things. And, and we thought, well, of course, we've got to plan something big. We've got to, we've got to, get, to you know, get the band back together and figure out exactly what we're going to be doing. And, and the first thing is he's going to be joining me on the show tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do a special State of the Union preview show starting at 11 a.m., a usual time. But tomorrow will be all about the State of the Union. And we're going to be chatting with Herman, who is uh, on his way to D.C. as we spoke. Well, I guess he's doing his show in Atlanta. Then he's going to go to D.C. A- immediately after that. He's uh, getting some kind of he's going to hang out with the Freedom Caucus tonight. There's some big celebration, and they've invited him as some kind of uh, guest of honor or, or keynote speaker. So tonight he meets with the Freedom Caucus, our own Ron DeSantis, who is not only uh, you know an esteemed congressman, but also, we hope, our next governor. A lot of us. And that's exciting. So then uh, tomorrow, State of the Union inside. And then Wednesday, get this. Wednesday, we're going to do kind of a a special two-hour State of the Union recap. I will be on the air uh, at 10 a.m. You're going to have Brian kill me from 9 to 10 per use. 10 o'clock, I'm going to come in here. We're going to do, we're going to play all your open mics. We're going to take all your phone calls. We're going to play all the highlights. We're going to get your reaction. We're going to let you sound off on how great it was, how, how amazing it was, what you thought you was, was, you know, could have been better, what you weren't really happy about. Any and all reaction that you have to President Donald Trump's first State of the Union address between 10 and 11 on Wednesday. And then, 
This is cool. Live from Washington, D.C., Herman Cain will be hosting a roundtable of which I will be a part. Uh, it will be me and Herman and Dana Lash from The Dana Show and uh, Chris Chandler, who runs operations or uh, runs some of the news uh, departments in in, uh, in Atlanta. And the four of us will have a roundtable discussion, which will be heard on all stations, not just this one, but Herman stations and Dana's stations and everybody. And we're going to go in. Uh, we're going to go in depth and we're going to get to hear from Herman Cain, who, again, is there live and he'll give you the insight as to you know who who was who was yelling out you lie and who was clapping the loudest and who was being disrespectful and who broke the rules and who was the best dressed and who was the worst dressed and all that uh, all that so really exciting day uh, or a really exciting couple days and this state of the union address i mean don't don't think for a minute that all eyes in the entire world aren't on donald trump don't think for a minute that this isn't this isn't going to be the biggest speech he's ever given of his life because we're one year in one year in which a lot of people in the Democratic Party thought and also were hoping would never happen. I mean, when you when you realize Donald Trump, it's already one year in and he's about to give his first State of the Union address and you're a a, a an impeachment, uh, a pro impeachment Democrat, then you are dreading this. This is the worst day of your life tomorrow. January 30th is not a day that you're looking forward to. And if you're a, if you're a, you know, a conservative Republican, if you're a, an anti-immigrationist, if you're somebody who wants lower taxes and was excited uh, when Donald Trump got inaugurated just about a year ago, then this is something that you are excited to see. This is something you've been waiting for. And, you know, there's going to be parties. There's going to be people getting together, watching this thing live. I'm not sure how long it's going to go. You know, the record is held by Bill Clinton. And if if anybody could break Bill Clinton's record for the longest State of the Union speech to date, I believe it could be Donald Trump. Because remember, he does everything bigly. It's the biggest and the best. You're not even going to believe how amazing this speech is going to be. If we're talking. I'm looking for records to be broken. Herman Cain, he's going to get his money's worth. He didn't have to pay for it, but he's going to get his money's worth at this State of the Union speech. Mark my word. So uh, that's all coming up here in just a minute. We'll 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 take some phone calls from you and see what you think, Donald. Which Donald Trump do you think is going to show up? The presidential one showing decorum and and uh, you know resoluteness, or the the firebrand bombastic Donald Trump that's going to tell everybody the way it's going to be? Three four zero one zero four five. This is the Mark K Show. We got your phone calls coming up next. All right, Corinne Brown, if you can hear me, you've now you're down to 35 minutes. You got 35 minutes to report to Sumterville, or else, you know, you're in big trouble. I mean, you're already in big trouble. So, you know what? I guess what what's another five? Anyway, 12 noon. Uh, Corinne Brown's got a report. She has she has yet to do so. We will keep track. Stephanie Brown monitoring the situation, uh, like like there's like really you know there's no tomorrow. Which for Corinne Brown, uh, there there really isn't. Hey, speaking of tomorrow, State of the Union address. I mean, we're just beside, we're so excited here. This is, again, for a lot of us, our Super Bowl. Forget Sunday. Forget the Patriots. We've all seen that before. What we haven't seen is Donald Trump stand up and address both houses of Congress in a State of the Union address. And, uh, you know, for the first time, this is exciting, too. If you think about the setup and you think about how logistically it's going to go, you've got the vice president and the speaker of the house who sit on the podium with the president directly behind him. And this will be the first time in a long time that all three of those people are members of the la- of the same party. The lo- first time since 
since Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden and Barack Obama all, all sat together, uh, you know, since then, we've we've had uh, different, you know, culminations of speakers and, and whatnot. But you've got three Republicans, three Republicans, uh, the president, the vice president and the speaker of the House all sitting on the podium, which I mean, it will be OK. And, you know, it, it's more fun to watch it when there's different parties up there because there's awkward, you know, one person will clap and stand. And Joe Biden used to do like he used to have like the big foam finger and he's all you were number one. He used to do all that junk. Uh, he had a terrible towel. Sometimes he would spin around because he was really into it. And of course, and of course, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's Paul Ryan would just sit there and and clap politely. So it'll it'll be fun to watch and see the reaction from from behind the president as well. And also, I'm predicting a lengthy speech because this is Donald Trump. I've been to several of his rallies. You know, I the, the guy likes to talk. He has a lot to say. And when he really gets into it. The crowd gets into it, too. Now, of course, this is not the rally crowd. This is a totally different crowd. Not many of them huge fans of the president. So it should be uh, it should be fun to watch. But I would say, you know, if I were him, I would purposely go the longest speech to date, the longest speech to date. Bill Clinton in his final address in 2000. Get this. This guy. I mean, it, it, it doesn't it shouldn't surprise anybody. Spoke for one hour, 28 minutes and 49 seconds. One hour. That's like one and a half. That's 90 minutes. And he was about to leave office. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. The shortest address, by the way, was Washington, who spoke for only 10 minutes. But uh, it wasn't televised. So, you know, he just he stands up at the podium, says his piece. And I mean, he won the war and he was the first president. What else? There's nothing to compare it to. He's like, hey, we have a country. State of the Union is great because last night, the year this time, we didn't even have a union. 340-1045 is the number. Quick break. What Donald Trump do you think is going to show up tomorrow night? Do you think it's going to be campaign trail Twitter Donald Trump or let's sit down and make a deal Donald Trump? I'm excited to see myself. 340-1045. Give us a buzz or leave us an open mic. It's the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Man, I'm scrolling through these photos of this of this dump truck. It's like a, it looks like a like one of those junk trucks that just hauls junk, and it tipped over and just. I mean, I'd be so I'm so thank God I'm sitting in a studio and not on 95 Southbound. Um, anyway, what's up? We will keep you posted on the uh, on that information and and what's going on with the truck. Also, we're still waiting. I mean, T mine is TikTok, Corinne Brown. You got 23 minutes to report for your uh, for your penalty at Sumterville, and the, you're beginning uh, your five year sentence today. And as as we spoke with Stephanie Brown earlier in the broadcast, she's still not there. Um, again, the clock ticking. I know you want to. I know you want to milk every last ounce of freedom out of it, but still, noon's going to be here before you know it, and and noon's lunchtime. There's going to be a lot of rush. You don't want to get stuck in traffic, and uh, you know, get another year or or, or two I had tacked onto your sentence because you were. Because um, you were tardy. What's up? Uh, my name's Mark K. This is the Mark K. Show. Thank you so much for joining me. So uh, I should probably mention the Grammys a little bit because they were last night and they were. I know nobody cares about the music anymore. And most of it's, you know, the music is just very similar to to, to years gone by. But there, the reason I mention it is because, of course, it took a political turn and really right from the get go. And one of the skits that James Corden, who is the British comedian uh, who hosted for the second year, I'm not sure why. He was able to host for a second year in a row because I don't remember him being all that compelling last year. Uh, but they brought him back. Maybe they thought, you know, hey, second time's a charm. Um, and he did a skit at the very beginning featuring the book Fire and Fury, the Donald Trump uh, unauthorized biography of his first year in the White House, where he apparently is this abhorrent dictator that yells and screams at people. And, you know, the book sold all these millions of copies. Steve Bannon was uh, interviewed and, and supposedly 
said all these horrible things about Donald Trump until he ba- he backtracked and uh, and apologized. But anyway, so I guess the writers or James Corden thought it would be funny to get some celebrities in to read passages from the book. In, and the the basis was they were auditioning to do a spoken word album so that they could win a Grammy because that is a category. Spoken word al- album is a category uh, in the Grammys, and it's usually people it's audiobooks. You know, you write a book, you record the audio that technically is a recording, and you could win a Grammy for it. So that's that's ba- that's basically what they were going for. And uh, one of the celebrities that they got was Cardi B, who you may not you may know her if you hear the song she sings. Uh, she sings with Bruno Mars in a song, but she sat down and she started reading from the act. They featured the actual book on the Grammys. Book of what? Cardi B. If Trump was not having his 6.30 dinner with Steve Bannon, then more to his liking, he was in bed by that time with a cheeseburger. Why am I even reading this sh-? Yeah, that's what a lot of people, a lot of people watching were asking the same question. And then she went on to talk about how, uh, what a miserable life that is. I'll be honest with you, being in bed at 6.30 with a cheeseburger sounds phenomenal to me. So if that's a if that's a bad existence or if that's an unhappy existence, then I want to be unhappy for the rest of my life. Because two things I love in this world are my bed and cheeseburgers. And six thirty seems like as good a time uh, as any. But then you know, then there was like the Snoop Dogs and DJ Khaled and a lot of you know uh, overtly political you know uh, leftists who did their part. But at the very end, they had a cameo appearance. <laughs> I, I almost it almost I almost don't want to admit it that it happened. But they had a cameo appearance from former secretary of state and uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, who also was taking part in the fake mock audition to uh, uh, read this book and potentially win a spoken word Grammy. And here is Hillary Clinton on national television during the Grammys reading from Fire and Fury. He had a longtime fear of being poisoned. One reason why he liked to eat at McDonald's. Nobody knew he was coming and the food was safely pre-made. That's it. We've got it. That's the one. You think so? Oh, yeah. The Grammys in the bag? In the bag. Yeah. So, so that's, 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 I, I'll be honest with you. I it, I didn't even think about it when I first mentioned it. I just I wasn't shocked at all because when you think about the Grammys, when you think about the music industry, you think about a lot of people you know that are liberal uh, have a liberal agendas and they're going to use this as a platform. But what was interesting was the reaction to the Hillary Clinton segment by members of Donald Trump's party and uh, family and you know his close allies. And one of them was Nikki Haley, who tweeted, "I love I've always loved the Grammys, but to have artists read the fire." and fury book killed it killed it and then don jr donald trump jr he went uh, against clinton directly said getting to read a fake news book excerpt at the grammys seems like a consolation prize uh seems like a great consolation prize for losing the presidency so taking a dig right at hillary clinton but i mean here's the thing this should not be A surprise to anyone that Hillary Clinton, who has no political career left over, is now going to basically fall into Hollywood cameos, uh, you know, hobnobbing with the 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 entertainment elite, the the ones that, you know, will love her and, and have her and that kind of thing. And probably I here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. The irony of this, by the way, if you can wrap your head around it, I know you're you're gonna say there's no way it could ever happen, but it could happen. It could happen. The new movement. Um, in Hollywood and in the entertainment industry is something called Time's Up. 
you pay you probably have heard about it time's up and time's up is a movement uh basically putting the kibosh on unequal pay for women in in high paying jobs unequal high paying jobs for women or power positions uh you know it's stemming directly from Harvey Weinstein it's stemming directly from all of these other uh you know high powered individuals who used their their position of authority over young women to pay them less or you know force them into uncomfortable situations or even force them to have sex with them in return for favors and employment and that kind of thing And this was directly from Hollywood. This was Harvey Weinstein who ran Hollywood and all his cronies, Matt Damon and and Ben Affleck and everybody else. And then, of course, you had uh, the guy, uh, you know, what's his name, Kevin Spacey, um, you know, James Franco. Just then, then of course, it was it was it was Matt uh, Lauer and all the TV folk. So meet uh, Time's Up is a direct correlation out of this. And my prediction is now that Hillary Clinton is out of office and has nothing better to do than lampoon the president on the Grammy Awards in dumb comedic routines. I feel like she is going to take up the reins of Time's Up. I feel like she's going to become the mouthpiece and the spokesperson and and the the celebrity endorser for Time's Up. All the celebrities who who are, are looking to, you know, facilitate change in this era for women you know, fantastic. They're going to need to go to Washington. They're going to need somebody involved. Who better than Hillary Clinton? This could this is going to be Hillary Clinton's global warming. This is there's going to be books. There's going to be movies. There's going to be appearances on television. Al Gore, when he left the White House as vice president, when he lost, remember, he lost in 2000. That was the recount election. He was convinced he was he was even more convinced than Hillary Clinton was that he was going to be president of the United States. He not only had to uh, concede the election, but he had to unconcede the election and then concede the election again. So he had nothing else to do. Politics was dead for him. So he did the next best thing. He found some cause and he made hundreds of millions of dollars peddling it. His cause, global warming. He had books. He had he had movies. He had an entire network. Do you remember he had, he was so he created a network, a global warming green television network, and then sold it for hundreds of millions of dollars to Al Jazeera, slapping every employee and investor in the face. Whoosh, whoosh. Al Jazeera, he took a green network that was combating global warming and reporting on all of the excesses in the world and all the damage that we, the people, were doing to the globe. It was an entire network built on altering our fate and turning back climate uh, change. And in the end, he sold it to Saudi Arabia, to the Arab world. He sold it to the people that dig for oil and create more oil. More fossil fuels than any other segment in the entire world. Why did he do it? He did it for money. We know he wasn't really concerned about the environment. He was concerned about his his pocketbook. Well, look at Hillary Clinton. She may or may not have some years left in her. She needs something to do. She's a Washington power broker. Wouldn't it be the smart thing for her to pick up the reins of Time's Up? Jump back into the fray. And I'll tell you what the next big thing is going to be. I'll tell you what the next big thing is going to be for Time's Up. It started with the movie industry. It bled into television and network news. Matt Lauer and so on and so forth. Charlie Rose. That Now it's in the music industry. 
Yesterday at the Grammys, you saw repeated performances, Kesha and Cyndi Lauper and everyone else. They were all getting, you saw the, the, the white flowers that they were using for Time's Up, similar to the black dresses that they all wore at the Golden Globe for Time's Up. The next big bastion for this movement, the next frontier for them to go out and conquer is politics. Because this is an election year. This is an election year. And you're going to see the Times Up movement take on Washington. And you're going to see the Times Up movement taking on every single one of these campaigns. And Democrats and liberals and anyone running in a, in a blue state, they're going to be forced. They're going to be forced by popular opinion and by the, the entertainment media and by these organizations. They're going to be forced to hire women for their campaign and put women in the forefront and you are going to see this me this me too times up campaign overtake the political machine for the next two three even four years because that's the only industry that they have they've already started they've all i'll tell you did you hear what happened with marco rubio i'll tell you what happened with marco Rubio. we'll get to that next three four oh 1045 got to take a break this is the mark k show i uh, will be back with more on news 1045 WOKV. Mark, hey, you make me laugh, brother. I've been listening to you since you started, and I will continue to keep listening to you. But you just made me laugh today being that there on uh, Kareem Brown. Uh, keep it up. It's funny. You know, you're making everybody laugh. Well, not everybody's laughing. I'm going to be honest with you. But I appreciate the sentiment. And, yeah, Corinne Brown, we have four minutes. She's still nowhere to be found. Where in the world is Corinne Brown? She's got a five-year sentence that starts in four minutes. And she has yet that we know of to uh, to, you know, show her face at Sumterville where she'll be serving out her sentence. If you know Corinne Brown, like seriously, if you were a friend or a friend, text her and be like, yo, you got it. You got to get going. You got places to be. Uh, and we will bring you up to the speed, of course, as soon as uh, as soon as we know more. First, so let's get to Michael. Michael, thank you so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. What do you want to say? I wanted to tell you, I listened to your opening statements, and I absolutely agree with everything you said, except Hillary Clinton's new job is not going to be in politics or anywhere else. She's going to have a new assignment as prisoner at Gitmo. <laughs> prisoner? <laughs> Why Gitmo, of all places? Because I think that's where her and Obama and the rest of them are all going to be. They need to place them a lot of room and away from America where people can't be aggravated by them. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, okay, that's that's one plan. But if, if that doesn't happen, I guarantee she's going to continue to insert herself in Hollywood. And what better way to do so than take up the latest political problem facing Hollywood elitists, and that is hashtag me too. That is hashtag time's up. I mean, uh, you've got a you've got a huge political situation brewing before I get out of here. Marco Rubio, he's one of the first victims, his chief of staff. He had to fly to Washington, D.C. and fire this guy, a guy named Clint Reed, because of sexual allegations and and uh, inappropriate behavior with a staffer, an underling. Not only did he have a relationship with her, supposedly, but he allegedly threatened some of her job uh, benefits and employment opportunities when she broke it off. Improper conduct. Fired by Marco Rubio. This is the beginning of a lot of these scenarios, I guarantee. You've got a huge movement. You've got a huge problem in Hollywood. And once award season's over, once there's no more Oscars and no more Golden Globes and no more Grammys, once that's all gone, you're going to be kicking it high speed into election season. And who better to show her face in an election 
than Hillary Clinton. We'll get ready for the State of the Union and more on that tomorrow right here on the Marque Show. I'm Marque. Stay tuned. News 104.5 WOKV. The news is next.